blessed us this morning, ushering us in to the presence of God. I want to read one verse in chapter 4 of the Acts of the Apostles. I want to lift verse 13 again in your hearing. Verse 13 of chapter 4. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Amen. I want to preach as the Holy Spirit shall give me help from the topic, practicing the presence of Jesus. Practicing the presence of Jesus. Lord, bless your word. Bless this pastor, preacher. Use the words of my mouth to draw, compel persons who don't know you to believe that there's no greater relationship than that with Jesus. Use this word to equip the saints and evangelize those who don't know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Practicing the presence of Jesus. Conflict is a commonplace experience, an ever-present reality. You are alive and aware, then you have concluded and deduced that conflict is everywhere around us. If it's not conflict about one thing, then it's conflict about something else. If it's not conflict about gambling and sports, that it's conflict about voting rights legislation in the United States of America. If it's not conflict about critical race theory taught in our school systems, that it's conflict concerning where we ought to be militarily engaged across our global community. If it's not conflict about vaccines and mask mandates, that it's conflict about police reform that is yet to become a reality in these United States of America. If it's not conflict about human sexuality, that it's conflict about the increasing different and dynamic role of the local church in our communities. If it's not conflict about historically black colleges and universities and PWIs, that it's conflict about gentrification in what are now becoming increasingly chocolate chip cities. If it ain't conflict about one thing, then it's conflict about something else. According to this familiar New Testament text in the Acts of what I deem the Holy Spirit, Luke notes that Peter and John are 
immersed and engaged in conflict. Peter and John are engaged in conflict because of their commitment to the kingdom of God and their willingness to be used by Almighty God. According to the text, Peter and John have been arrested and apprehended by Jewish authorities, the Sanhedrin Council, that 70-male member tribunal that defends and adjudicates Jewish law, calls Peter and John before them because of their jealousy in being used by God and the popularity and contagion of the Christian faith that is spreading all across Jerusalem. According to the text, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, defends his act of kindness towards a paralyzed man outside the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3. Peter, full of the Holy Ghost, defends he and John's act of kindness and willingness to be used by God and their commitment to the kingdom towards a person in need. For those of us who are familiar with Acts chapter 3, as they were making their way to the holy place at the hour of prayer, Peter and John encounter a man paralyzed from birth who is looking for a hand out. But led by the Holy Spirit, Peter and John say, we don't have a case quarter, but we have the name and power of Jesus. And this man who was paralyzed, amen, somebody, becomes a praiser because Peter and John allow God to use them. As Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, stands before the Sanhedrin council defending this act of kindness that took place a few days earlier as recorded in Acts chapter 3, Luke notes, Dr. Johnson, that the Jewish authorities give Peter and John a backhanded compliment concerning their commitment to the kingdom and willingness to be used by God. The authorities don't have the uh, maturity to give them an explicit compliment, but Sister Benita, give them a backhanded compliment concerning their commitment to the kingdom. According to the Jewish authorities, they note that Peter and John were ordinary, common, unlettered, untutored men, yet they had been with Jesus. They were not degreed, they were not polished, they were not prim, but they had been with Jesus. They were ordinary fishermen, yet they had been with Jesus. They had not sat at the feet of Gamaliel like the Apostle Paul, but they had been with Jesus. They had not attended the Jerusalem Rabbinical Institution of Higher Learning, but they had been with Jesus. 
They had not gone to Campbell, Carolina, or Cornell, Deacon Dunn, but they had been with Jesus. They had not gone to Hampton, Howard, or Harvard, but they had been with Jesus. They were not majors in philosophy, public policy, or physics, but they had been with Jesus. They didn't have a JD, a MBA, nor had they done a postdoctoral fellowship, but they had been with Jesus. They could not quote Maya Angelou, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, James Cone, Michael Dyson, or Nicole Hannah-Jones, but they had been with Jesus. They were not CEOs, COOs, CFOs, or CTOs, but they had been with Jesus. These common, ordinary fishermen receive a backhanded compliment because of their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus had died a few days earlier, but these men nonetheless had been with Jesus. The authorities noted they were fishermen, had not been to rabbinical school, but they were extraordinary in being used by God because they had been with Jesus. And I preach this message on this first Sunday in September to note that every believer ought to receive that compliment and statement about our lives. Every Christian ought to make it a priority to be with Jesus. I don't care what you do for work, but have you been with Jesus? I don't care about your extracurricular activities, but have you been with Jesus? And let me qualify what I say. Are you spending time with Jesus? Do you have a prayer life? Do you spend time in the Word of God beyond Sunday morning? Are you fellowshipping with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Do you have a devotional life every day that God allows you to see? Can I preach this? Let me make it plain to somebody. For those of us who have the audacity and temerity to say, I don't have time. Well, you got time for every doggone thing else. 168 hours in a week, 24 times 7 is 168. If you got time to Netflix and chill, we got time to spend with Jesus. If we got time to do what we want to do on our agenda, we got time to spend with Jesus. If we got time to share our opinion and like everything on social media, we got time to spend with Jesus. If we got time for fantasy football, NFL season is right around the corner. We got time to spend with Jesus. If we got time to plot, plan, and prepare for homecoming that may not happen after all, we got time to spend with Jesus. If you got time for family, fellowship, and friends, we got time to spend with Jesus. If we got time to gossip about what we don't know in the first doggone place, we got time to spend with Jesus. Ordinary fishermen 
had not been to rabbinical school, but these men, Peter and John, had been with Jesus. I preach this to encourage everybody, I don't know who I'm talking to, to spend time with the Lord, not just once a week like it's a romantic rendezvous, not once every hour, y'all ain't talking to me, but spend time with the Lord God every day he allows you to see. If God wakes you up every Every morning, we at least ought to say thank you, Jesus. If we can read the news and observe the standard and poor index, we can read the word of God. If we can fast for losing weight to be cosmetically appealing, we can fast to hear from heaven. If we can talk stuff and turkey about what we don't know, we can talk to Almighty God. If we can meditate on something that doesn't matter. We can meditate on the Word of God. If we got time for them, we got time for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. How many of us will receive the compliment? Ordinary man, ordinary woman, but have you been with Jesus? Can I preach this? What is the evidence that we've been with Jesus? Let me preach this the way the Holy Spirit gives it to me. If you are with Jesus and spend time with Jesus, there ought to be some fruit in our lives that validate we are with and have spent time with him. Can I preach this? Watch chapel. They spend time with Jesus, consequently, They have the courage of their convictions. When we spend time with Jesus, look at what Luke says in verse 13 of chapter 4. Luke says, when they noted their boldness, some translations say courage. Notice verse 12, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, says there's salvation in no other name but the name Jesus Christ. Peter and John have been with Jesus. They walked with Jesus three and a half years on the dusty roads of Jerusalem. They were there when they hung up high, stretched them wide. They were there when the nails were placed in his hands. They were there when they put a count of thorns on his head. They were there for, can I, three days later when he was resurrected from the dead. They were there 40 days later when he was resurrected to heaven. They were there 50 days later on the day of Pentecost where Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, preached with such power that 3,000 gave their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. They were there for the journey. Consequently, now full of the Holy Spirit, having spent time with him, walking with him, talking with him, listening to him, fellowshipping with him, they are endowed with courage. And if Jesus doesn't do anything for you, the Lord ought to give you the courage of your convictions. I'm not talking about false courage to get somebody told. I'm not talking about false courage to gang up on somebody. I'm talking about the courage of your Christian convictions. Peter and John, two men, 
stand before 70 men, not including those instigators, and have the audacity to say, say what you want to say about Moses. Say what you want to say about Melchizedek. Say what you want to say about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Savior, Redeemer, Sustainer, Healer, my all and all, the best thing that ever happened to me. How many of us have the courage to declare before friends and family, Jesus is my everything. Jesus is my all. I'm not talking about in the church house. It's popular to have courage in the church house, but I'm talking about in the work, in the break room. I'm talking about at the frat house. I'm talking about in the sorority meeting. I'm talking about when you with Lottie and Dottie in them. I'm talking about when you with Peaches and Man Man. Do you have the courage of your convictions to say, oh, I'm good. You can do what you want to do, but Jesus is my all. If you're with Jesus and have spent time with him, there ought to be some courage in our lives. We talk about Martin King and his unfounded and almost nonsensical courage. Martin King's courage came because he had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about Ella Baker, born here, state of North Carolina, her courage as one of the geniuses, unsung heroines of the civil rights movement because of her relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Courage, Fred Shuttlesworth, Come on, talk to me. Because they had spent time with Jesus. When we spend time with Jesus, we ought to have the fruit of courage. Not just the fruit of courage. When we spend time with Jesus, we ought to be more compassionate. All preached, P-Dub. Spending time with Jesus ought not make you mean. Spending time with Jesus, come here somebody, ought not make you nasty. Spending time with Jesus ought not make you anti-doggone everything. Spending time with Jesus ought not make you judgmental, self-righteous, critical, mean, nasty, condescending, hard-hearted, narrow-minded, and bigoted. Go and preach, P-Dub. But spending time with Jesus ought to enlarge your heart and make you more compassionate and loving to a hurting humanity. If your Jesus makes you mean, take that Jesus to the garbage. 
If your Jesus makes you nasty, that ain't the Jesus of the Gospels. If your Jesus doesn't make you look at people with compassion, that ain't the Jesus I preach. If your Jesus doesn't make you extend a helping hand, look through eyes of love, make you open your heart, make you want to pray for folk in New Orleans, make you want to pray for folk in New Jersey, make you want to open your hands to folk who are going through, that ain't the Jesus. Jesus of the gospel. I said the Jesus of the gospel. I ain't talking about the Jesus of your mean-spirited, narrow-minded, right-wing Q9 philosophy. I ain't talking about the warrior Jesus that you have concocted and lifted above the Republican Party. I ain't talking about the narrow-minded Jesus that makes you mean and nasty and racist and bigoted. I'm talking about the Jesus who hung high and would stretch wide or to make you love or to make you come Passionate. On their way to church, they see a paralyzed man and bless the man and change his life because of their compassion. Courage. Compassion. If I've spent time with Jesus, if I've walked with him, if I talk with him, I ought to have compassion for people. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter, I ought to have compassion for people. I ain't celebrating nobody sick because they're on the opposite side of the political spectrum. I ain't celebrating nobody's illness because their practice of sexuality is different than mine. I ain't celebrating nobody's failure. Because their complexion is lighter or darker than mine. I'd be doggone if the Jesus we preach ought to make us mean and nasty and judgmental. If I walk with him, if I spend time with him, I ought to have compassion. I ought to have some courage. If I spend time with him and walk with him, I ought to have confidence in his name. I'm going to my seat right now. I feel like hollering on this Sunday morning because somebody knows, if anybody knows, this black preacher knows there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. If anybody has confidence in his name, I have confidence in his name, in the name of Jesus. Peter and John healed a lame man in the name of Jesus. 
Peter stood before the Sanhedrin council and testified and folk got saved in the midst of his testimony. In the name of Jesus, somebody knows that demons begin to tremble. In the name of Jesus, the sick find their healing. In the name of Jesus, the suicidal find a reason to live. In the name of Jesus, the discouraged find encouragement. In the name of Jesus, those who have given up on themselves find a reason to keep on running. In the name of Jesus, those who are down get lifted. In the name of Jesus, miracles happen. Demons tremble. Lives are changed. In the name of Jesus, Hearts get healed. The irredeemable get redeemed. In the name of Jesus. Does anybody have confidence in the name of Jesus? There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing of its worth. It sounds like music in my ears. The sweetest name on earth. God, holler with me. Oh! How I love Jesus. Oh, how I. Anybody glad there's power in his name? There's healing power. There's forgiving power. There's liberating power. There's preaching power. There's saving power. There's praying power. There's redeeming power. There's making what a run on power. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I said that power in the name, not Farrakhan, not Elijah Muhammad, not Harry Leo, but in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, not Moses, not Melchizedek, but in Jesus' name. healed in. That's the name you get delivered in.
Have you been with Jesus? Are you with Jesus? This is for the grown folk in here. Don't tell me you can't read, you don't understand the Bible. If you can understand the Standard & Poor Index, you can understand how to day trade, you can understand fantasy football, you can learn every poem and tradition, y'all ain't talking to me. You can comprehend the Word of God. Start in Proverbs, start in James. I don't know what to talk to God about. What's on your heart? God, I need you. I need your direction. I need your guidance. Don't make it complicated. Lord, I love you. Start your prayer life off by thanking God for everything he's doing for you. Thank God for a promotion. Thank God for healing. Fellowship with some folk who gonna build your faith up. I ain't telling you to put everybody down, but you need to fellowship with some folk who gonna build your faith up. Somebody right now, my sister, my brother, if you're not saved, you don't know this Jesus. I invite you on this Sunday morning, this first Sunday in September, to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have a church home, my sister, my brother, I encourage you, I invite you to become a member here at the Watch Chapel Missionary Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. We believe in digital discipleship. The post-pandemic church is radically different. Come on, wherever you are, I'll be your digital pastor. You here in the triad, triangle or the triad, you don't have any good excuse. Come on, we love you, we receive you. Amen. Go to the Contact Us tab. Follow. Then become a member here at Watch Chapel. If you're not saved, we want you to accept the real Jesus. The real Jesus who loves you. Who died for you. Who wants you to be your best self. Watch Chapel, we thank you for your faithfulness and giving. You have been faithful. God has been faithful. You have been faithful. We encourage every member to become a faithful, cheerful, obedient tither. Tithe is when you and I give 10% of what God gives us. God gives you $1,000, give God $100. God gives you $100,000, you give God $10,000. God gives you a million dollars, you give God 100000 Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. God ain't going to make God out to be a liar. I'm talking about the word here. It's amazing some of the stuff I believed along my life's journey. Listen, I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about y'all. I believe some crazy stuff. You know, like there was a bridge in Brooklyn for sale. Like a wooden nickel. 
Nobody's going to be more honest than God. God will never make himself out to be a liar. Trust God. We trust Toyota. We trust Lexus. We trust Honda. We don't trust, you know. Amen. Yeah, somebody. Trust God. We thank you for your faithfulness. You can text to give WCMBC 73256. You can give through PayPal. You can give through Cash App. You can give mail to the church. Amen. We thank you for your faithfulness, Watch Chapel. It's the first Sunday in the month. We celebrate the Lord's Supper on the first Sunday. As we prepare to participate in this holy ordinance of the Lord's Supper, we do so reverently. We do so obediently. Most importantly, we do so as a spiritual act. As we go to God in prayer, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this holy ordinance of the Lord's Supper. We thank you for this holy meal that represents the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we partake of this holy meal, we do so reverently. We confess our sins to you, sins we've committed against you by thought, word, and deed, sins we've committed against you by omission, what we haven't done, and commission, what we have done. Create in us clean hearts, renew in us right spirits. Shape, make, and mold us to become the men and women of God you want us to become. In Jesus' name, amen. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me we do likewise. He took the brick, took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, and we do likewise. Let the church say amen. 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 The grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide till we shall meet again. Let the church say amen. Amen. All right, blessed people of God, how many are you going to recommit? allowing yourself to be in the presence of God. For the Bible tells us to seek to be in his presence continuously. That means all day, all night, every day, every hour, every minute, every second of the day. But if you commit yourself unto him, he's faithful. How many of you want to say, I've got my mind made up to follow you?
Christian journey There'll be many ups and downs But I know the Lord will see you through There has never been a time When he has let me down That's why I'll follow Jesus
Good morning, Watch Chapel. This is your pastor. Welcome to the wonderful Watch Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. We are glad you are worshiping with us on this first Sunday in the month of September. Let us know where you're tuning in from on this Lord's Day. We are shouting out all 100 counties in the state of North Carolina. We are shouting out the Deep South. We are shouting out the Mid-Atlantic region. We are shouting out the Midwest. We are shouting out the West Coast. We are shouting out our international audience. Let us know where you're tuning in from. As we shout out various regions, we want to be in prayer for the Gulf Coast region that has been impacted by Ida. Ida, slow down. We're asking all our parents to tune in. Encourage your children to tune in to our virtual children's nursery from 11.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Parents, please log your children in through the Children and Youth webpage on our website. Men of God, we want you to join us this upcoming Tuesday for our September Fellowship for Men's TNT. 7 o'clock p.m. on this upcoming Tuesday. You can log in to Men's TNT through our upcoming events webpage on our website. Watch Chapel, our Grief Share weekly support group kicks off on Thursday, September 9th at 6.30 p.m. Grief Share is designed to help and assist persons who are overcoming and working through the death of a loved one. You can register online through the upcoming events webpage. A workbook is required for participation upon registration and payment. The book will be shipped directly to you. Scholarships are available to those who need assistance with purchasing the Grief Share workbook. For more information or assistance, email.